Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today's show, I would like to thank ARS Pharmaceuticals for their very kind support of FACT's Roundtable podcast. Today's conversation focuses on the mental health aspect of adults with food allergies with an adult who manages multiple allergies. FACT's Director of Behavioral Health, Emory Brown, a nationally certified school psychologist with a Master's of Arts in School Psychology. Emery's going to take us through the challenges and stresses adults face with food allergies and solutions. Welcome back, Emery, to Facts Roundtable podcast. As always, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast because this is a new kind of conversation for us and a really important conversation. Yes, I'm excited to be back and specifically about this topic. Well, and you know what? We're going to waste no time and we're going to jump right into it. So you're not only an adult living with food allergies, but you're also a mental health care professional. That's why you're here and because you're an adult with allergies. But can you help us understand briefly how adult life with food allergies differs from when you're younger? Usually we're talking with you about kids, but we're going to switch gears now and really dive into adulthood. I think that's great. And my favorite saying is kids with food allergies become adults with food allergies. and We know that many kids do outgrow their food allergies, but also many don't. Other people develop food allergies as they become an adult, whether a young adult or an older adult. So all of those things could be true. You can continue to be a kid with a food allergy that became an adult with a food allergy, or you can be someone in their adult life that developed an allergy. Either way, though, it is different than being a kid with a food allergy because kids with food allergies are so much more accepted. I'm not saying they're always accepted. There's still so many barriers to overcome, but at least many school systems, many restaurants have protocols and have an understanding about the seriousness when they see a kid with a food allergy versus someone with an adult or someone that's an adult with a food allergy because you get into the territory of Does the adult have a food allergy or do they have a preference? Does the adult have a food allergy or are they following self-imposed dietary restrictions? Do they have a food allergy or are they on that trendy keto diet or whatever it is and now they're saying they're allergic to things in order to avoid them? I have met people that do that. And I'm sure many of our listeners today have also met people that will say they have a food allergy when they don't. For kids... Not many waiters, not many managers, not many teachers or cafeteria staff are going to think a kid's making up a food allergy or that they're being, they're going gluten free because it's trendy. So there's a lot more protection when it comes to children and youth of today. And they should be protected because they can't advocate for themselves. So I am, of course, happy 
that we have all these supports and respect for kids with food allergies, but it can become scary when you're an adult with a food allergy and all those supports are taken away. Of course, I still have wonderful safe restaurants that I can go to and the people do understand, but adults are fighting against that barrier of dietary restrictions that kids don't always have to face. And then there's the transition of becoming your own self-advocate. So support looks different. There isn't going to be somebody all the time. Of course, you might make good friends. You might have a wonderful spouse that will help it help help you and jump in on different occasions or cases. But for the most part, you're on your own. You're the biggest voice that is going to ensure your safety. So with that, fears might look different. We're going to talk a little bit later about mental health and adults with food allergies, but fears are different. We've talked in past podcasts about different fears and anxieties children might have. That is true for adults, but some of that might be different because there's the added pressure of most decisions being in your own hands and the decisions that you make can limit you. They could free you. Or of course, in the worst case scenario, they could put you in a dangerous situation. But the fears are different because it's on you to decide what actions you're going to take and what safe choices you'll ultimately make. And thank you for bringing up how children are supported differently. I mean, I have to honestly say I forgot about that. You're right. Nobody's going to question a child about something, and it's really important. So thank you for giving us that perspective. So now let's look into more of the mental health side right now. So how do mental health and food allergies intersect for adults who have food allergies? So the answer to that question is mental health and food allergies do intersect in a lot of different ways. And for some people, it could be in a lot of ways. For other people, it might not be something that they've experienced yet, or maybe they never will experience it. But according to the National Institute of Health, one in five adult Americans suffer from a mental health issue, and that's diagnosed issues. Uh, Some estimates are even higher, that it could be as close to 24, 25%. So you're looking at one in four. And over the years, this data has shifted. And again, these are people that are known reporters. There could be more that are undiagnosed. And a lot of the times, mental health issues that aren't pervasive, but come from time to time, might not be reported at all. And I think when it comes to people with food allergies, that's often the case. It could be persistent. And for someone that's experiencing a mental health issue that is persistent, that would certainly be a time a professional would need to step in, counseling, there's extra supports. But a lot of the times, these mental health issues might ebb and flow through different situations, especially as it relates to a new food allergy diagnosis, a reaction, whether it's a mild reaction or an anaphylactic reaction, could be something triggered by something that someone said, something unkind. From childhood to adulthood, it never gets easier when you have that person that thinks they're making the funniest joke ever about how they can serve you chocolate cake on your birthday or whatever it might be. Or they say, oh, well, I'll get the extra big peanut butter tub for you. And people think that they're trying to relate and joke. And whether you combat that with fierce advocacy, whether you combat that with a nervous laughter and try to move on from the conversation, those situations never get easier. And so it could be a comment that triggers sadness, or it could be 
a new trip and feeling anxious about trying something new or going to a new restaurant. It could be a mix of all those things. It could be none of them at all. It's going to be so unique to the individual. But what we do know is having different risk factors in your life can increase your likelihood of having an issue with one of these mental health conditions, whether that's depression, PTSD, eating disorders, anxiety, or anything else that would be within that spectrum. So risk factors increase that likelihood. Risk factors can be major life changes, trauma, stress. Chronic health conditions also increase the likelihood of depression or anxiety or PTSD. Interestingly enough, food allergies can be considered a chronic health condition. So right off the bat, if you're an adult with food allergies, you have at least that one risk factor of a chronic health condition. You might have more. You might have had a major life change, which could have been just developing the food allergy, stress of how to manage it, and then you could have had a reaction and that is now trauma. So your risk factors have just piled up to four if any of those things are true for you. So once I tell you that, it's not a surprise that if those risk factors put you at a higher likelihood for depression and anxiety, then anxiety increases and then anxiety and depression are often comorbid. So depression can increase anxiety, anxiety can increase depression, they can feed off each other and managing food allergies is stressful. Hopefully you're tuning into this podcast to make it less stressful for yourself, but it's important to know that these different things can be problematic. I have shared on many podcast episodes that for a period of time, I wouldn't consider myself to be a person with anxiety in general, but there was a period of time following an anaphylactic reaction that I avoided restaurants and I had a deep anxiety about even having to go to a restaurant. And again, I've overcome that now. And that's why I talk about the ebbs and flows of these different feelings and mental health conditions, or just mental health in general as caring for your mental health and being preventative so that you can have a plan. If you have a plan, you're not going to have anxiety. If you have a great support group, that can buffer developing depression. So all these things are intersecting, but we can do things to prevent them. It's not a sentence. Just because you're a kid that became an adult with food allergies or you develop food allergies as an adult, it doesn't mean that these mental health issues are going to be a problem for you, but they could. Another big one that goes along with food allergies is eating disorders. And the prevalence of how many people with food allergies have eating disorders is unknown. We know that there aren't a lot of studies regarding these different things, but there have been some studies that suggest a connection. And if you think about it, this makes sense. If you have anxiety, when it comes to food, there's a tendency to restrict food more than a non-allergic peer or you know, a colleague or a family member because you already have to restrict food for safety. So it becomes much easier to restrict for other reasons because you're already used to restricting due to necessity. And with that, let's talk about label reading. Label reading is another necessity. It's a must for safety. But I know I myself, sometimes I'll read the label, it's safe. I will read it occasionally three more times because I have to, I always say double, triple check. And there's nothing wrong with that. For me, it's another 60 seconds of my life. However, for somebody that has a 
tendency towards OCD behaviors, or maybe even has a family history of that, or maybe they even have that diagnosed, that can become a checking behavior. And checking behaviors aren't aren't uncommon for people with OCD. They're also not uncommon for people with eating disorders. So reading a label is necessary. It's also safe. But knowing when the checking of the label, the checking of these different things becomes a problem, that's a hard line to define. So it's important to remember that safe practices can be implemented, but not taken so far in a way that a food allergic person is hiding disordered eating habits under a guise of safety, or that an anxious person is not feeding into their anxiety by avoiding, by engaging in avoidance behaviors and avoiding all these things under the guise of safety. And again, I'm not suggesting that people with true difficulties that haven't been able to go to counseling or talk it out just stop checking labels or go to a risky restaurant. Absolutely not. But it's important. The pursuit of safety is different always than veering off into a darker place of engaging in behaviors that are going to start negatively affecting mental health and adding to stress overall. Well, and it sounds like these things can really kind of easily sneak right in too. Absolutely. And a food allergic individual might not even know it's happening until they're restricting more and more, checking more and more, or avoiding more and more. And the avoidance behaviors can turn into social isolation, which is another risk factor to increase mental health. So all of these things keep interlocking and circling back. So it's really important that adults with food allergies continue to build protective factors that can look like good friendships, good relationships, seeking out counseling, having hobbies, being involved in faith, engaging in positive self-talk, as well as joining different support groups. Sana, you mentioned a little bit ago that you had an allergic reaction and then restricted eating out. So if an adult has that kind of experience, maybe they have allergic reaction and now all of a sudden eating out with their friends becomes something else. Or maybe they recognize within themselves some behavior that's like you said, restrictive, just something that hasn't been there previously. What would you say to that person right now? I would tell them, don't be afraid to get help. It doesn't take that long to get back on track if you're being supported through the process and you're not the first one to have ever gone through this. So if you seek out counseling, whether it's a specialist for depression or eating disorders or food allergies in general, you're going to be able to get back on track and feel a lot better if you do something now than in five, 10 months. Really excellent advice. So now once people with food allergies join the workplace, There are definitely new challenges and stresses, right, compared to college or being in school or even living at home. So what kind of stresses might these adults experience around their food allergies, specifically in the workplace? That's another great thing to talk about because it's like reliving the elementary years all over again just as an adult. As an elementary student, it was my mom coming in and giving a presentation about what students could bring in the class, when they needed to wash their hands and whatnot. And I felt the first time I went into a workplace and had to start telling people about my food allergies that I was just taking the role of my mom and now doing it for myself. And this is critical because I think this can be overlooked. People that are adults with food allergies might say, I'm never going to go to the break room. I like to eat in my car. Or 
nobody really snacks in the office. We have too much work to do. These different things are common to be said. And I think they can really happen, especially even as you let your guard down. When I first started working in the school that I now work at, I did send an email out. These are my allergies. I even included that I typically eat alone. This was in my email, Caroline, it was. But as the months went on and I started to make friends at work and I felt more comfortable and people really knew about my food allergies, I let my guard down and I ate in the common places and I laughed and I enjoyed myself. And then one day someone brought fish soup and I have an airborne allergy to fish. And how many people eat fish soup? Not many. And so I started coughing and sneezing and I felt some highs on my face and I was really confused because I knew I wasn't allergic to any of the things that I was eating. And someone asked me, Emma, are you okay? And I said, I just think I'm having an allergic reaction. And one of my friends who knew me well that I was working with said, does anybody have fish? And it didn't look like anybody had fish. And someone went, yeah, I'm eating fish soup. Why? And I just ran out. And from that day, one of my colleagues printed out a sign that said no fish and they hung it on the office door. And so even as an adult, you'll find people that will help advocate for you and with you. But there are new challenges and stresses because as a kid, once again, my mom would have never let the teacher let her guard down. (laughs) She would have been checking in about projects that were involving food or different holidays. She had plans for every holiday. I don't have a plan for every holiday or I I haven't in certain cases. And I let everybody know my food allergies. Somebody different ate with us that day. And I didn't think I needed to say, what did you pack for lunch? Everyone's an adult. I'm an adult. I've chosen to be in that situation. So there's an added stress of, in as school-age student, You're with one class. Those 20, 25 kids can know you have a food allergy. That one teacher can. Okay, now I have 150 colleagues. Am I supposed to go to them one by one and tell them? No, but maybe you can ask permission to hang a sign on a door like I did. Tell the colleagues that you are spending the most time with. Have a plan for holiday parties, whether you're bringing your own foods or you need to talk to the supervisor in charge to make sure certain food items aren't present. And when you develop relationships with people, they will ask. Before every holiday party, I don't have to go to my supervisor. She comes to me. And I'm not saying I shouldn't take the initiative. I'm just saying that once you build a relationship and people care about you, they want you to enjoy those times and reduce stress. So Just make sure that you plan ahead and don't let your guard down in those different scenarios. And just chiming into planning ahead, I used to serve on a board here in in my town and we would have these board lunch meetings. We would always order salads with croutons on it and maybe things that were breaded, not realizing that one of our board members had celiac disease. Mm. And she always ate very lightly. And then finally, one day, someone said, gee, you know, you just eat like a little bird, you you know, like, are we ordering the right food? And then she said, well, by the way, I do have celiac. 
And immediately the staff was like, oh my goodness, like, we are so sorry. I mean, everyone felt bad. They changed it immediately. Croutons are now served in sealed packets on the side. Mm. You know, we're not ordering just breaded sandwiches, but there will be sandwiches that come as lettuce wraps or we'll have different things. And it was such an easy shift. And I have to say, I felt so bad that we didn't think in the beginning just to ask anybody if there were any dietary restrictions. But I just want to add in there to everyone that people want to help. You know, you're now in this workforce, you're now in a team, you're now working on something really amazing together. And so we want to protect each other and uplift each other. So it's so good to share. Caroline, that's so important to point out because I think that is my takeaway. I always would think people aren't going to go the extra mile, but a lot of the times people do. And I have a wonderful supportive husband who avoids my food allergens because obviously we wouldn't be able to kiss or do uh, or do that if he were to eat them. So at staff meetings at his work, colleagues noticed he wasn't, they would do pizza every Friday and his colleagues realized that he was never eating it. And he said, I can't eat this and go home and kiss my wife. I'm allergic to dairy. So they started ordering him a special pizza without cheese and he doesn't even have food allergies. So people are willing to do that. And as an adult, I think you need to be ready to speak up for yourself and see what good can come from it. I love it. The glass is half full and you're not going to know till you get there, right? Till you try. Perfect. So now let's talk about the adult who maybe gets a new diagnosis as an adult or even, you know, a student who's maybe grown up with their food allergies, but now they're in adulthood as well. And both these people feel very overwhelmed because as we all know, it can be very overwhelming, but they don't feel that it's necessarily the moment for them to reach out, you know, for professional mental health care. What can the overwhelmed person do? Like, how do they even start kind of unraveling the overwhelm? Another really important thing to talk about, because receiving a food allergy diagnosis can be difficult. I, When I had my first food allergy diagnosis, I was eight months. I don't remember it. That's when I found out I was allergic to dairy and eggs. At 12, when I found out I was allergic to fish, I remember my parents crying, and I was that made me upset. I developed my peanut allergy as an adult. So I have the gamut of experiences to know this as well. And for me, when I developed an allergy on top of all my other allergies, I thought I had a difficult time accepting it because I thought, don't I already have enough food allergies? And for someone else, um, my aunt developed a shellfish allergy as an adult and shrimp had been her favorite food. So there is a level of not only overwhelmed feelings that can come, but also grief, the loss of this normalcy, the loss of your favorite food, at least for me, for some of my food allergies, I've never had the food. I can't miss it. If you've developed it as a adult, it very well may be something that you loved. And that, that can be grief, especially depending on what the allergy is. And if it's used in different cuisines as part of your culture or religion, that can be something that's feels like it's being taken away. So there's that to sift through there's sifting through what do you do about it? What are the safety protocols? Do you really have to carry around an EpiPen? How do you navigate your daily life? What is it going to be? The anxiety, the sadness, anger, all the different mental health stuff that we talked about. Just getting diagnosed with a food allergy and finding it overwhelming can put you even in a higher risk 
for that. However, like you said, Caroline, that doesn't mean you need to sign up for counseling just because you have a food allergy diagnosis. Hopefully our listeners are resilient people or are working on becoming resilient, meaning they can bounce back from a situation and figure out how to move forward. And that's what we'd want um, an adult that just got a new food allergy diagnosis to do. So first, I'd recommend that they go to the FACT website. We have wonderful resources for people that are navigating a new diagnosis and specifically navigating the psychological aspects of a new diagnosis. And I would just tell that person also, allow yourself time. Digest the information slowly. Do the immediate things that are going to ensure your safety, like start carrying an EpiPen, start avoiding the food immediately, but allow yourself time to feel the feelings. Don't be sad that you're sad. You might be sad. If you feel neutral about it, that's also fine. But if you're uncomfortable or you feel disappointed, allow yourself time to feel that feelings. You wouldn't be alone in that. Then educate yourself. Again, I'll refer back to our FACT website and then start making plans for safety. That's a huge thing. An allergy and anaphylaxis emergency plan. Think about what that's going to look for look like for you. And again, counseling might not be necessary at this point as you learn and grow and see what that life with managing a food allergy looks like. But you could also join a fact-recognized support group and make friends and find people to talk to, see what they do with their food allergies, see about safe restaurants. There's awesome apps to download to see about restaurants that are recommended as great with food allergies. So it can open up a whole new world of connections and opportunities that you may have not known about, but that can even be overwhelming at first. So time, educate, and then if you can, get around some other people with food allergies. They're fun. I agree. They're some of the funnest people in town. But also, too, I'm sure you would agree, too, that if people are feeling some pretty heavy overwhelm, don't hesitate to seek out a mental health care professional. I mean, I even remember for myself in regards to my children, when Cyrus had the first diagnosis, I did meet a whole bunch of food allergy moms in a support group. And one of them came to me and they said, Caroline, you know what? It is okay to go see somebody because this is such a big change. Mm -hmm. And that was really good advice. We're just seeing someone just to give you the tools absolutely, to, to navigate something that you've never had to navigate before. Absolutely. Well, Emery, believe it or not, we are at the end of our time together. This has gone so fast. I could just sit here all day and talk to you, but we can't. So is there anything you want to leave listeners with? It always does go so fast. But the last thing I'll say is if you're an adult with food allergies, my best piece of advice would be when you are dining or when you are just doing, do it defensively. Adults, because they're not protecting someone else, they're protecting themselves, can let that guard down. We talked about that at the beginning of the episode. So going forward defensively doesn't mean going in fear or with anxiety. It means taking the precautions that are necessary to ensure your safety. So dine and do defensively. Amory, that is a great mantra. Thank you so much for that ending. And we look forward to having you once again on Facts Roundtable podcast in the future. But thank you so much for sharing your time and wisdom and personal experiences. Thank you for having me. 
Before we say goodbye today, I just want to take a moment to pause and say thank you to ARS Pharmaceuticals for their kind sponsorship of Facts Roundtable Podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.